for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome to Living Life. Have you ever been in a situation where maybe a friend has come to you and say uh, that someone wanted to hurt you or harm you in some way? And the friend says to you, uh, don't worry about it. Not only will I protect you, but I'll go to that person and I'll harm them first so they don't harm you. What did you respond to that? How did you respond to that situation? Did you say to your friend, you know what, why don't you do that? Uh, thank you for caring about me and seeing to my interest. Or did you say to the friend, no, don't do that because I don't think it's the right thing to do. Or did you say, don't do it because I think you're lying about me, someone trying to hurt me or harm me. So actually there's a slight difference there when you say, I don't even believe that the information that you're telling me is true versus the information may be true but I don't want you to do anything about it. Well, let's take a look at the passage because in this passage, uh, that very situation occurs where Gedaliah, who is the governor of Judah, who was appointed by Nebuchadnezzar after the Babylonians defeated the southern kingdom in, in 586, he appoints Gedaliah, but when he appointed Gedaliah, there were other, there were other generals who were fighting against the Babylonians who were still in the land, they were kind of hiding out in the land. Ultimately, uh, one of those generals called Ishmael, one of those commanders called uh, captains called Ishmael, uh, wants to kill Gedaliah. Now, as we look at the passage, we'll, we'll see the reason for this. So let's go to the passage right now and, and take a look at it. Jeremiah chapter 40, verses 7 through 16. When all the army officers and their men who were still in the open country heard that the king of Babylon had appointed Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, as governor over the land and had put him in charge of the men, women, and children who were the poorest in the land and who had not been carried into exile to Babylon, they came to Gedaliah at Mizpah. Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, Johanan, and Jonathan, the sons of Keriah, Saraiah, son of Tanhumeth, the sons of Ephi, the Netophetite, and Jazaniah, the son of the Makatite, and their men, Gadaliah, son of Ahikam, the son of Saphan, took an oath to reassure them and their men. Do not be afraid to serve the Babylonians, he said. Settle down in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and it will go well with you. I myself will stay at Mizpah to represent you before the Babylonians who come to us, but you are to harvest the wine, summer fruit and olive oil, and put them in your storage jars, and live in the towns you have taken over. When all the Jews in Moab, Ammon, Edom, 
and all the other countries heard that the king of Babylon had left a remnant in Judah and had appointed Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, the son of Saphon, as governor over them, they all came back to the land of Judah, to Gedaliah, at Mizpah, from all the countries where they had been scattered, and they harvested an abundance of wine and summer fruit. Johanan, son of Korea, and all the army officers still in the open country came to Gedaliah at Mizpah, and said to him, Don't you know that Baalis, king of the Ammonites, has sent Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, to take your life? But Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, did not believe them. Then Johanan, son of Korea, said privately to Gedaliah in Mizpah, let me go and kill Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, and no one will know it. Why should he take your life and cause all the Jews who are gathered around you to be scattered and the remnant of Judah to perish? But Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, said to Johanan, son of Korea, Don't do such a thing. What you are saying about Ishmael is not true. Welcome back to Living Life. So as the story, this passage picks up uh, here, uh, Gedaliah, who is the uh, appointed governor of Judah, uh, Gedaliah uh, is someone who is to watch over the people, the remnant that are still left in Judah after the Babylonian uh, captivity and after the Babylonian conquering of Judah. Uh, most of the people, women, children, poor people, uh, there are also some captains of the God that were fighting against uh, the Babylonians that hit out. Uh, and now they're, they're back uh, and they're visible again and they're trying to figure out what Gedaliah is going to do, whether he's going to be loyal, continue to be loyal to, uh, to the Babylonians and to Nebuchadnezzar, or is he going to be rebellious uh, like Zedekiah was, uh, who was the former, one of the former kings of the southern kingdom. Uh, they, realize, they realize that he is going to be loyal um, to Nebuchadnezzar. He tells the people as the people come to him, and he says, look, just settle the land, be farmers, and, you know, give some of your tribute, some of your harvest to the Babylonians, and no harm will come to you. I'll be your representative. I'll make sure no harm comes to you. So that's all you have to do, and everything will go well with you. However, um, someone by the name of Ishmael, who was of the line of King David, was not happy with that, uh, especially given the fact that Gedaliah is, on the, is a, a governor, and he's not even of royal blood. Uh, Ishmael was actually from the line of David, uh, and he would have been entitled to the throne. So Ishmael actually makes an alliance with the Ammonites, who were one of the countries uh, who were fighting against the Babylonians, uh, to kill Gedaliah. Uh, Johanan, who is another captain of the God who was fighting against the Babylonians, uh, finds out about the plot, and he goes to Gedaliah, and he says to Gedaliah, you're in danger. Ishmael wants to kill you. And he tells him, he says, look, not only will I protect you, but I'll go kill Ishmael because I would rather kill Ishmael uh, then actually have all of this, the nation, all of our, our remnant of people removed from here because the Babylonians would be very, very upset at the fact that Gedaliah was killed. And also, uh, they would be very upset, in fact, if any of their, their Babylonian soldiers were killed. So here's what happens. He goes to him, 
And he tells him about the plot. And Gedaliah says to him, basically, I don't need your help because I don't believe what you're telling me is true. Wow. Somebody's telling him, he's telling him there's a plot against your life. And I'm telling you this, I'm telling you I will put my life on the line for you because I have that plot on your life and you're telling me that you don't believe the information that I'm telling you is true. Wow. This reminds me of God's warning to us that there's a plot against this world. There's a plot against the lives of the, of the people of this world from the enemy. In John 10.10, 10, it says, the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. This thief, this enemy, comes to kill, steal, and destroy us and our lives. But Jesus says that I have come that they might have life and have it to the full or have it more abundantly. This enemy is also a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. There is a plot against the life of those who are in this world, but God warns us of that life, of that plot. Not only does he warn us of that plot, but he sends Jesus Christ to rescue us and to deliver us from the hands of the enemy. And when he does that, people still don't believe. They shake their fist at God and say, I don't believe what you're telling me is true. I believe something else, but I don't believe what you're telling me is true. Do you know what? Even if we don't believe what God is telling us is true in his word, it still is nevertheless true. It does not become untrue because we disbelieve it. It's true because it is the word of God. The thing is, by not believing the remedy that God has sent us in Jesus Christ, we don't only pay with our physical lives, but we pay with our very souls for eternity. So God is rescuing us from the trajectory that we're on to be lost for all eternity outside of his presence by sending Jesus Christ not only to protect us, not only to rescue us, but to be our provision for the life that we have. His life for our life. What about you? When you were warned, when you heard the word of God, I don't know how many sermons you sat through. I don't know how many times God has sent somebody into your life to tell you about the gospel, to tell you the truth about him. Maybe now is the time to stop disbelieving and believe what God says is true. Let's go in prayer. 
Father, we thank you right now for your word. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for sending your word. We thank you for sending the living word of God, uh, Jesus Christ, Father, to rescue us, to protect us, Father, to be our provision, oh God. We thank you this day. We pray right now for all those who are watching that they all will hear, not only hear the word of God, but they will respond to the truth of the word of God and come to know you in the pardon of their sins. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Sing your soul, the king in prosa, see Jesus.